Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Soccer is the world's most global game, and today we're going to venture across the Atlantic Ocean to a country known for its gorgeous landscape and architecture. Where are we heading, and who are we speaking to? Stay tuned to find out. In my free time, I love to track what's happening around the world in soccer, often looking for perspectives outside the United States. So I was intrigued when I happened upon a soon-to-be-released book called Scoreboard Soccer. I looked into its author, Coach David Baird, and I was fascinated by his background. Since that February release, it's been a thrill to see Coach David Baird build upon the success of his book as he's constantly providing insights and drills on his website and app. But in part one of our discussion, Coach David Baird is going to share about his childhood growing up outside of Scotland's most populous city and how his joy for soccer waned during some key years while he was growing up. Let's jump into my conversation with Coach David Baird. Well, I am so excited to have Coach David Baird join me as a guest today. David, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me on. Well, David, you know, for my audience, tell me a little bit about where you grew up and what your childhood was like. Um, yeah, I grew up in the west coast of Scotland, uh, a town called Paisley. Thinking back now, nothing but happy memories. You know, loved it. Very patriotic, great kind of family and friendship circle. Um, yeah, and you know, a big part of the culture in the west of Scotland, as with the rest of the nation, is you know football, uh, soccer. So um, that kind of it doesn't take me too long to bring everything back to football. That's really um, such a big part of my life. So I grew up in a, a time and an environment where street football shaped so much of your character not just obviously your skill set as a footballer but also as a person as well so I've most of the friends that I have I'm so close with my two brothers with my mum and my dad I've all been formed through playing football going to watch football matches I'm a, I'm a big St Mirren fan playing loads and loads of street football so I grew up in the in the west coast of Scotland I, I, I was lucky enough to to travel a bit in my adult years but I now live in central Scotland I live in a place called Falkirk now Wonderful. And did you play other sports growing up or was it pretty much just soccer? Yeah, you, you know, formally it was pretty much just soccer and on the street, you know, it was soccer. And when you went to school, uh, you know, it was soccer. There were some other sports as part of your, your your gym lessons, you know, maybe a little bit of basketball and and a couple of other things, you know. But the other activity and the other experiences were always led by um, our, ourselves as children. You know, we would be on the street playing soccer, but if we wanted to invent our own game of, you you know, a couple of teams chasing each other or, you know, we used to do one where you'd kind of split into two teams of people and, and each of you would, uh, in your team, you would uh, create a kind of secret word, a password, and then it was the first team to get the password out of the other ones. So it was just kind of wrestling and fighting, really, and, and that kind of thing. So all that physical activity and character building came from a lot of games that we didn't even have names from. You, you know, we used to play games of throwing sticks and kicking cans and throwing footballs to try and, um, you know, achieve different things, you know, get it to re- bound off the lamppost so the, the, the formal sport and in regards to organised sport um, w- was always football um, a massive part of the culture in the west of Scotland particularly with Rangers and Celtic both being close by uh, in Glasgow which is right next to Paisley but yeah the majority of my childhood from what I can remember was spent outdoors you know climbing trees and, and making up our own fun. And what was your childhood team of choice? 
Yes, yeah, St Mirren. So St Mirren's a, a, the football team in, in Paisley. They play in black and white stripes. They play in the top league here in, in, in Scotland. And I've been going to watch St Mirren for uh, as long as I can remember. What would you say is your favorite childhood sports-related memory? And I know that's a very broad question, but you know, what jumps out in your mind when you think about childhood and, and sports? I don't really know, and, and, and because of the arena I'm in at the moment, the mindset I'm in at the moment where I'm a you know, I'm a coach and I love coaching and I love giving that passion back to other young children. My earliest memories, you know, if I think about playing football, I think about street football, playing with my friends, a lot of the things we've already discussed. If I think about a bit of a defining moment, it was when I realised that coaching can be, you know, really, really good fun and really, really engaging. We've already spoke about I loved playing football on the street. I loved playing with my friends. I loved us inventing the parameters of the games we were going to play, trial and error. Some games worked, some some games didn't work but when I went to organised uh, soccer uh, when I went to play for clubs and for our coaches and for teams it was almost the opposite it was very serious it was very adult led um, it was very pressure to perform and you must do this and you, you had to kind of mould yourself as a young creative enthusiastic energetic child into the the way of thinking of a an adult who only seen the game in one particular way you know this is how we need to play this is how we need to perform so my playing experience in formal activity wasn't a very enjoyable one uh, in one of my earliest memories um, when I was probably 16 maybe 17 years old uh, was when I first seen a coach who was coaching a group of kids and it was like wow that is really 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 good fun um, and that that enthusiasm and that spark has went through all my, my adult life and, and the passion that I'm now lucky enough to call a you know, full-time employment because you, you only know what you're surrounded by. I thought coaching was really, really instructive based, really, really structured. The coach does all the talking, the kids do all the listening and that's what I thought coaching was and then as I say when I was 16, 17 years old and the first time I seen this other environment, um, and it's such a, a, a vivid memory. Um, the coach was actually Kevin Keegan, who's a, a well-known, you know, famous uh, soccer player and, and coach. He opened up a, a what was called a soccer circus in Glasgow. I was football crazy, so I applied for a job there. And when I went in there, not really knowing what it was all about, it was exactly as it's called, soccer circus. He actually described it in his autobiography many years before that when he retires, he wants to open a place that's a cross between football training and Disneyland. People who come in and they have really really good fun really competitive you know you're trying to get scores on all the games but you're only competing with yourself and you're desperate to play these games non-stop you don't even realize how much you're learning you know technical skills and and physical activity because it was so much fun so i quite vividly remember when i first started working in there and i first seen kevin show me what soccer circus was all about it was like a light bulb moment that coaching doesn't have to be what my experience was growing up it can be really 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 good fun and you actually get more from the the, the, the players you're working with in that environment David, I think I know the answer to this question, but which coach encouraged and inspired you most when you were a young player? Yeah, it would, it would certainly be uh, Kevin Keegan because, as I say, it was the first coach that I'd seen um, make things make things really, really good fun. Um, 
And, and I, I work with a lot of colleagues who are coaches now and, and they tell stories of their inspiration from becoming a coach, coming from someone who coached them, who was good fun, enthusiastic, invested in them, not just as uh, as athletes, but also as people, you know, took a, g- a genuine interest in how school was and how their team was that they supported and how their family are doing. And so many of them say that's what inspired me to get into coaching. And mine was kind of the opposite. Like I, I, I couldn't really, I don't know the names of many of the coaches when I was younger. Um, I couldn't really remember any of the practices being very memorable. All my fond memories are from me in the street doing my own thing, you know, having ownership of my own fun and, and creating my own games with my friends. So, so I never really had that. And I really like the kind of coaching quote that, that's, you know, be the coach that you needed when you were younger. Um, and, and that's kind of a mantra I try and stick by, you know, someone that it wasn't just about trying to win games or, you know, trying to, 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 to play and perform at the top level and, and putting pressures on young people and you know um, stifling their creativity by saying that they, they need to kick the ball one touch or they need to use their weaker foot actually just letting them play and as you know as I say Kevin Keegan was the first coach I seen by the nature of his soccer circus approach that um, you can have loads of fun you can learn loads of skills uh, without even realizing it how old were you when you first interacted with Coach Keegan? So I was doing um, sports coaching and, and sports development at college. So I was about 16 or 17 years old. So I'd kind of went through the journey of, okay, I want to get into coaching because I, I love football uh, and can I maybe give players a better playing experience than I had? So I went to college uh, to do that uh, and obviously had to try and fund my, my, my studies and my time at college. And that's when, you know, it's almost a little bit of, you know, fate maybe that... Um, Kevin Keegan opened up the Soccer Circus in Glasgow I think it was 2007 uh, when I started working up there and maybe opened up in 2006 um, so I was about I was about 17 years old and went in you know completely blind to what Soccer Circus was and what this idea was and when, when I seen it and when I seen Kevin Keegan coach I was like I just related to it so much like this is really good fun uh, really good fun Was there a hard experience when you were playing that really stuck with you or a negative interaction with a coach because of it? I mean, was there a mistake that really lingered with you or something and that shaped how you coach now? Yeah, um, so I think looking back and you, you don't appreciate that at the time um, because not only has my coaching evolved but you know the, the sport itself has also evolved so I was um, from a young age I played a little bit of like 7v7 soccer you know um, but from a very young age you were getting asked to play 11v11 um, soccer uh, so you're looking at 22 you know young players small in size goals are big pitch is big uh, hard to get a touch of the ball so you know looking back that was a real lesson I learned now I'm such a big believer in these smaller formats of the game um, but because I look back now and you know if you've got a 12 year old uh, boys team probably even more so if you have a 12 year old girls team you know some of the girls could can they can be 12 years old but they can look 16, 17 or they can be 12 years old and they look 9 or 10 and it just doesn't really suit all, all these different experiences you know we, we call it football age like okay your age might be 12 but your biological age might be 10 and your football age might be 1 you might only have been playing football for a year and they're saying just because you're 12 you need to go and play 11 v 11 football uh, so looking back at those experiences I had you know I, I wish I had more memorable experiences of like having a ball dribbling by people and, and, and scoring um, and I had them in my social life uh, lots of them in the, in the 
playground playing football but when it actually went to that formal activity he, it was very hard to get a touch of the ball or to get any success unless you were someone who happened to go through their growth spurt quick uh, and then the coach would potentially show a little bit of favouritism to you just because you were physically more uh, you know more developed so a lot of that stuff has stuck with me and, and, and all it's really motivated me to do is, is not to have a fixed mindset because the game keeps evolving and, and there's always something to learn as well you know it was only fairly recently that I started to read up and get my eyes open to the fact of looking at young uh, athletes as having three ages you know their their chronological age you know what's their date of birth their biological age you know where are they in, 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 in puberty and their football age you know how long have they been playing football for because that can be that can be crucial into how you help that player develop if you have two 12 year old girls and um, you know one, one of them's been playing for for five years and she trains three times a week um, and she does stuff in the back garden you know on her own and, and she's at a certain level don't automatically think she's so much better than the girl that's only coming along for the first time and has never trained before um, you know given equal opportunities they can both develop on the, the two different traje- trajectories that they're on so yeah something that I learned from looking back at my own experience just always trying to pull out what did I not like about my uh, my playing career you know big pitches big formats less touches of the ball uh, less understanding of uh, of the person like, I think that's what I'm coming to as well you were seen as like little commodities to win soccer matches you weren't seen as young people who Dave is not quite ready for the Saturday 11 v 11 of course he can still go and do that and he can put a strip on And but, but for David at this moment it's a bit like taking him to a soft play area or a carnival or a theatre the, the Saturday game is, is for him to put on his jersey get some pictures with his teammates and pretend to be his idols and we don't put pressure on him because he's a little bit behind on his development but then when we get him at training we can help him with his dribbling his passing and his shooting and we understand that's where he is in his, his journey but actually Sean on Saturday we can maybe push him a little bit more um, because he has played football for four or five years and he is ready to learn the tactical strategic side of the game I don't think there was a lot of that I think it was one size fits all you know who are the best players and how do we go on and, and, and win a game of football Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any comments or questions, visit my website, seankjensen.com and go to the contact page where you can even leave me a voice recording. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you again next time.